You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another interview episode lined up for you. I always enjoy these interview episodes because it's an opportunity for me to meet the creators that have made the content that I love. And so far, all of my experiences with the interviews have been fantastic. And this time, talking with Wendy Padbury is no different. So yeah, that's Wendy Padbury, Zoe Harriet from Doctor Who. She worked with Fraser Hines and Patrick Troughton in the 68-69 uh, season at the end of season 5 and then through all of season 6. So I interviewed her during Chicago TARDIS 2018, and I thought it was really appropriate as I'm getting ready for Chicago TARDIS 2019 that I play this episode uh, it's a bit of a short one because she can only spare 30 minutes of her time to talk to me. So even though a lot of my interviews are in over an hour, this one is a little bit less than a half hour. But I still think uh, we had a good discussion. It was really nice to get some of her insights, how Doctor Who was part of her career and its effects on her life and things of that nature. And of course, I was incredibly starstruck meeting her. You know, it's one of those things where I can meet tons of celebrities and shake their hands and talk with them and be fairly comfortable. But when it comes to Doctor Who actors, you know, who played characters that I grew up with, that is like a visceral reaction. It's something where I do get the sweaty palms and I do get nervous and I do get kind of excited. I think the only other, you know, genre or the series that does that to me is the original Star Trek. And for the same reason, it's because that's been part of my life from the very earliest days. So I don't think it comes across that much in the interview. Hopefully I don't uh, sound like, you know, a gibbering idiot, but you know. It was still a great time talking to Wendy, and I hope that she had a good time talking with me as well. I'm not going to put in an outro at the end. I don't really see a need for it, but if you want to catch me at Chicago TARDIS this year, I do have my schedule. So on Friday, I will be at 10 a.m. at the Big Finish Back to the Future panel. At 11 a.m., I will be on the Who's on Second and Third panel. At 1 p.m., I will be on the Alien Bodies, the 8th Doctor Novels panel. At 5 p.m., I'll be on the Virgin on Incredible and Bookworm with Robert Smith. Basically, we're just talking about the uh, book, Doctor Who books published by Virgin Publishing in the 90s. The Bookworm thing is a book that Robert Smith wrote about the Virgin Doctor Who novels. At 7 p.m., I'll be on the DC Universe panel. And at 8 p.m., I will be moderating the Marvel Universe panel. 
Then on Saturday at 11 a.m., I will be on the Remarkable Barbara Wright panel with my wife. At 2 p.m., I'll be on the Best of Big Finish panel. At 6 p.m., I'll be on the Stargate at 25 panel. At 7 p.m., I'll be on the All the Wee Beasties panel. And at 8 p.m., I'll be on the Farscape at 20 panel. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed the other moderator one because that's in a different section of this webpage I'm looking at. At 4 p.m. on Saturday, I will be on the Time Travel in Current Pop Culture panel. I don't have any panels on Sunday. That's just the way it shook out this year. So I I wish that my panels had been spread out to three days rather than cramming them all into two. But, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, um, feel free uh, to drop by and see me at any of those panels. If you just happen to hear my voice anywhere at the con, don't hesitate to come up and introduce yourself to me. I would love to meet anyone that's listening to the show. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a great experience at Chicago TARDIS, and I hope that you can join me there. So, without further ado, um, we're going to go to a promo for another podcast on the network, and then we'll segue into the interview with Wendy Padbury, and we'll see you back next week. Enjoy. You're listening to Nerdlanta. Hey, what's up? This is Master Blazer and Walt Hitman from Atlanta Roller Derby. Hey, what's up? It's Mike, Brian, Eric, Eric. Brandon from Robot Party. Hey, what's up? This is Catherine Barsonistas from the nerdy food blog, thegluttonousgeek.com. Hey, this is Rory, a.k.a. Catlanta. It's Atlanta's only live nerdy podcast, available now on the ESO Network. Hey, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. We, we are, are in Atlanta. Atlanta. here with uh, Wendy Padbury at Chicago TARDIS 2018 and uh, Wendy thank you so much for coming on the 42 cast. You're very welcome. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you just starting off is uh, how did you get cast in Doctor Who? Well it was just a sort of normal audition process. I, I, I'd done quite a bit of work. Um, I had an agent and my agent just sent me for uh, the role, so I interviewed quite a few times with lots and lots and lots of girls, mm-hmm. um, and they got the, the the list down. It was a short list, and then it was a short short list. It ended up with being, I think, six of us who were in the running in the end. Um, we were sent a piece of script, which was just about six lines on the page, each with a, and each line was a different emotion and then we had to go to learn it obviously go to television center and um, stand in one of the record in one of the studios and the camera was just actually just on your eyes um, and uh, and say these lines you know probably just as well it was on my eyes because my knees were knocking I mean it's quite a quite a nerve-wracking experience mm-hmm. Um, so we did that, and and I imagine all the other five girls did it the same, and then we just had to wait for 
you know, who was chosen and I was the lucky one. Oh, great. And um, before you got into the show, uh, did you have any thought, had you watched the show? Uh, yes, absolutely. It was, a, you know, it was an extraordinarily popular show. Um, I think it had been on three years probably since I... Before I joined, um, maybe no. Five, you were in the sixth season, so it had been on five years. Before. Oh yeah, five sixty-three. It started, didn't yes. it? Yes, that's right. And I joined in nineteen sixty-eight. Um, so yes, I knew all about Doctor Who, and um, I mean, not like it is now. Mm -hmm. I mean, who'd have thought that fifty years later I'd be? It's my fiftieth anniversary this year, obviously. Yeah. I really never have thought that I'd still be sitting talking about Doctor Who after all this time. Right. Is that it? Was it uh, something that you just saw as a uh, as a piece of work, or was it something where you thought, "Oh yeah, Doctor Who. That's something I would really like to get into." Well, bear in mind, I was what twenty one. It was it was another job to mm. start with. That that's for sure. It was exciting to get a new job, and then the added excitement of going into something like Doctor Who. And uh, yeah, it was it, it, it was exciting on all levels. It was daunting at the same time when you're going in as well. I was going in as a new companion, replacing Debbie Watling, and you know you've you've got some you know shoes to fill there. You know Debbie was an amazing assistant, uh, companion, whatever whatever you like to call us. Um, right. But yeah, and and also Pat Troughton was my favourite actor of all times, and I'd never met him before, but I'd seen him gr as I was growing up. He used to do a lot of uh, Sunday afternoon classics, and I used to watch all those, and he was an amazing character actor. And uh, so it was, it was quite daunting, but uh, very, very exciting. And so it turned very quickly from being just another job to something really special. Yeah, you've touched on something that I wanted to ask you about. Was it difficult coming into a series where Patrick and Fraser already had like a really strong rapport, and then coming in as sort of uh, the, the new person? Uh, of course, it's it's terrifying because you you don't know until you start working that that you are going to gel. And uh, Pat and Fraser made it made it really easy actually, and um, and I was welcomed and and you know. Um, uh, it, we, we became very quickly um, a trio of, of friends and I think, you know, when I talk to people at conventions they always say it, it, it came over that we were a good, you know, that we got on really, really well um, and actually Fraser and I were only saying yesterday that we can't, we can't remember how we actually got the work done. We were having so much fun. It never, ever felt like going to work. It never felt like going to work. It was just, you always wanted to get up in the morning and go, you know, because there were no egos, there were no problems. We just had a really amazing time. Yeah, it, it even comes through in some cases with like uh, the seeds of death where you're, you're actually laughing on I know. screen because the I know. doctor tumbles in. Well, thanks for mentioning that. I'm so <laughs> embarrassed about that. <laughs> and I'd forgotten that until I did the commentary and we were sitting there and the director was there and I hadn't seen the director for 30 something years <laughs> and we were watching it in, you know it was playing in front of us and we were commenting as it went along and then I saw that and I said oh I'm so sorry I can't believe I did that and it was because Pat slipped in that foam and there was no way we were ever going to be able to do that again mm -hmm. um, I can't believe I just burst out laughing it was just a, it, it was funny you know yeah. 
it's always funny when somebody slips up. I don't know why, but it is. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you actually mentioned because you said you couldn't do it. Uh, you know, another take on that. Uh, what were what was the condition? What were the conditions like uh, filming those episodes? It was it was pretty rigid. I mean, it was. I liked it. It, it was a, much more like doing a play. We we would rehearse. I mean, rehearse during the week, but then we would go into the studio on the Friday, I think, and and have. Rehears- camera rehearsals the first time we would rehearse with cameras throughout the day and then we have a supper break then we go to make up get our costumes on and then we would record it from the beginning to the end um, so we would start in a particular set and then do that scene and then when that scene had finished we would be creeping round, I mean it sounds archaic now, but we would be creeping round the back of another set, mm-hmm. climbing over camera cables to place ourselves in, the, in our next set, ready for our next scene. And the only time we ever, and we went from beginning to end, the only time we ever stopped was for a, a visual effect, you know, so a Cyberman gun or something or whatever it was that was the only time that recording was broken that was set up they did that and then we moved on so it it was like a it was fun actually doing it that way Mm. do you think there are advantages to doing it that way over how television is done now where it's all kind of out of order and I do I think actually I think there's less pressure doing it the way we did it because it is like doing a play and you're you've got that adrenaline going from the beginning which continues until you finish and and it's easier because you know you know you've rehearsed that episode and you know you know where you're going to, where you are at the beginning and you know where your emotions are going to be or whatever it's going to be at the end whereas now they film it so out of sequence um, i think that must be much more complicated easier in one way but much more complicated for the actor. I get why they do it. I mean, they'll do all the scenes for one in one set, mm-hmm. all all often, and that could spread through many episodes of a series. So, yeah, it's more complicated in that way, and it's financial, of course. You know, it's 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 cheaper to, to get everything out of the way in one set, get rid of that, and move on. But I really liked the way we did it. Yeah, um. How would you describe Patrick Troughton to people who have never met him? Patrick Troughton, apart from being a, a, a really, really amazing character actor, was the warmest, most generous actor, um, funny, quirky, which comes over in his performance. He has a certain quirkiness in his own personality. Um, and just a lovely, lovely man, private, very private man, um, and was an amazing teacher. Although I'd done quite a lot of work um, beforehand, this was the first time that I was, I'd say I was working with someone of Pat's caliber, and so I learned a lot from him about how to behave, that you're, you go to work, you do your job to the best of your ability, you don't take it so seriously, um, that you you know that it all becomes a bit much um, but you do your best but when you go home at night that's your time and that's got nothing to do with anybody else I mean it sounds a bit weird with social media because life couldn't be more different now mm-hmm. um, 
but that's what it was like then and I, I, I thank him for that because actually I, I just I know I come to conventions and I know I'm probably on the internet somewhere doing stupid things at conventions but actually I don't look at it I don't get offended by any of it so mm -hmm. it, you know it, and that's that's thanks to Pat it's just that's there I know it's there I might say things at conventions that possibly people don't agree with sometimes but I don't need to dwell on that I don't need to watch myself doing that um, and that's that's really thanks to Pat how much of his uh, real-life persona do you feel carries over into his doctor? I think probably the quirkiness. I think his little twinkle, and I think it's the biggest thing that he took, he took with him um, when he was playing the doctor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He, he definitely has a, a quirkiness in his performance, yeah. Yeah. and he's a very fun person Absolutely. to watch. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Zoe, looking back on her as a character? Well, you've got to love Zoe, haven't you? I mean, she, she, humility was never part of Zoe's um, vocabulary. And she always maintained that she was far more clever than the Doctor, which, which led to some quite interesting scenes sometimes when she was um, you know, slightly infuriated with the Doctor for doing things wrong. But it was just a lovely part to play because so so completely different to Debbie who'd come before me as a Victorian miss, you know, and um, it was a challenge and it was it was it was good for its time, you know, it's a bit Emma Peelish in that strong woman um, vein and so she was an absolute joy to play um, and it was bizarre because I've met probably th over the years, over these years probably three astrophysicists who all became astrophysicists because they watched Zoe and thought that the character of Zoe was amazing and that's what they wanted to do. And that is such a compliment. Yeah, there's a scene I always think of from uh, The Invasion where Zoe is just annoyed with this computer yeah. and she takes such joy in causing this computer to, to blow, blow up. up. Yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've, um, I've said that... Um, you know, Doctor Who uh, in the 70s was, even though they talked more about feminism, was less feminist than in your period because Zoe was such a strong character. Yeah. And even though she didn't need to say, I'm a strong, you know, female character, you know, I'm a strong woman, she showed that just through it her actions. Evident. It was right. absolutely evident that, um, you know, where she came from, how she'd been brought up that she was a genius, um, that it, it was just evident, you yeah. know? Yeah, she didn't have anything to prove. Right. <laughs> at all. Right, even the physical um, side of things <laughs> in the mind robber. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so um, why do you think people continue to go back and watch uh, episodes from your era? Well, I think the stories were good. It's very interesting. I was talking about this today when we were talking about the new Doctor, Jodie, and I was asking people their opinions, the fans of their opinions. And I think uh, at the moment the stories of, at the moment, um, have are simpler, um, almost like watching a, um, almost like watching a drama with a bit of sci-fi thrown in, which appeals to some people and doesn't appeal to others. But I get, I get it because we're. He, they're pulling in a new audience, and um, and, it, and it probably will change. Um, and I think one of the reasons people, well, people watch, people's usually people's favourite Doctor is the one they grow up with, mm -hmm. and then they go back 
and it, it, without question people go back and I think the stories were good I think it's simply down well a down to the doctors because every doctor whether he's your favorite doctor or not or she um, is is special to you with uh, growing up and they all were different and they all brought something different to the role and I think once you've become hooked why not go back you know because people want to know how this all came about mm -hmm. how this all started um, and and the stories are good they stand up well the the stories that I you know remember in my head from way back thinking they were pretty poor but actually having watched them at, uh, at conventions or watch them doing commentaries I thought actually I'm I'm at, I'm completely wrong this is a good story this is a really good story and it like invasion was one of them that I remembered as being uh, not particularly it's it's a really good story the war games my last story I remember it being long repetitive n n not so good actually it's a brilliant story it's my favorite yeah it's a brilliant story so um, I, d I think people, you know, should go back. I, d I, I think it makes absolute sense to me. Yeah. Um, why did you decide to leave the show? Um, well, Pat was going to go because um, Pat's wife decided that he should leave, and so and, and, and so um, there was a lot of discussion, and and so he he decided that he was going to go. And Fraser and I could have stayed on, and then we talked, um, and and actually I think Fraser was going to leave probably leave six months earlier but when they knew Pat was going they asked him to stay until and I said I'm gonna go because whoever was coming in it could never be the same it didn't matter how good the actor was um, and how how different it was going to be it would have been obviously going to be different we could never have re replicated with someone else what Pat Fraser and I had, and so it felt right. It felt sad but right to go. When you've seen the success of the show since then, did you ever look back at that and said, maybe I should have stayed because yeah. the show was so successful? Fraser and I were talking about that. We could, uh, he said we could still be there, you know, sort of probably be there with Zimmer frames at some point. It'd be hard to chuck us out, but no, I think we, I still think it was the right choice. However, if somebody said to me, would you like to do an episode now? Mm. Yes, please, I would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just an episode would be lovely, but I think it, it, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Mm. Um, so, have you watched Doctor Who since you left? I mean, you were just mentioning the current ones, but did you watch any before? Well, this is what's interesting. I've watched on and off, and I've always watched the first ones of each new Doctor. And uh, that's been important to see how it's going to go, how it's going to go, but I'm not, I wasn't a religious watcher in as I had to tune in every week. Um, but uh, having watched Jodie, um, I'm absolutely hooked. I'm completely hooked. I never thought I'd say I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. I mean, I've loved Doctor Who. It's been a massive part of my life, of course, don't get me wrong. But to actually want to make sure that I'm home for 7 o'clock when it's playing in the UK on a Sunday evening is absolutely imperative now that I do that. And I think that's what I said. I think Chris has has done the right thing. He's drawing in people that might not watch Doctor Who, might not think they even like Doctor Who. Mm. Uh, and now we can, it's, 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 it's so good. It's so good. Um, I can't believe it. I think it's absolutely fantastic at the moment. Excellent. Was it a surprise to be asked to do conventions? 
a real surprise. I was a very, very late starter because I kept saying, well, I can't do that. I, I wouldn't know what to say. I won't remember anything. And actually, it was John Nathan, T uh, T John Nathan Turner. Years, uh, back in the 90s, I think I did a first convention, maybe, or maybe late 80s. Uh, and it was him who said, don't be so ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The only, you're the only companion that isn't coming to conventions. What, you, what, what are you doing? So I said, well, I'm too scared. And he said, I'll, I'll take you. And he took me to a very, very small convention at a school in, near Wimbledon in, in London. And Nick Courtney was the main guest. And there were a couple of other people there that I didn't know. And he said, I'm not going to introduce you. So nobody will know you're going. Uh, so it was the, so the school gym. It was a room a bit like this. So not thousands of people, just, you know. Um, and so he said, and it'll be a surprise. And he said, and then you'll see the reaction. Um, and I said, don't leave, you won't leave me, will you? You won't leave me. And he said, no, I won't leave you. So then the, Nick did his thing. And then he said, I've got a surprise for you. We've got somebody else here that you haven't seen before. And then he introduced me, and they stood up and cheered, and I thought, and it made me a little teary, because I thought, what have I been missing out on? This is absolutely amazing. And then they started to ask me questions, and I said, I'm so nervous, um, I don't know whether I'll know the answers. And then, and then somebody in the audience said, well, we do, we know the answers, so don't, don't worry. And that was the beginning of me, um, starting doing conventions and then I got a call from Pat one day and he said to me I've got a confession to make and I said what's that he said I've started doing conventions in America and I said you're kidding me and he said yeah I've got another confession to make and I said what and he said I love them you've got to come and um, I would love to have done a convention with Pat but then Actually, at the next convention, he very sadly died. So I didn't. I never got a chance to do one with that. But um, that's how I got drawn in, and now I, I, I just, love them. I, I just have a thing about Doctor Who fans now, and think the world could learn a lot from a, a group of Doctor Who conventions like this. When you walk through the main door, you know, it doesn't matter what colour you are, creed, whether you're disabled or not, or whatever. Everybody is completely accepted when you walk through the doors. And I think in this quite troubled world that we're living in, I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's wonderful that you feel that way. And we love having you, of course, at these conventions. Um, how did you start working for Big Finish? Um, I think I was just called and said they were going to do something. Um, did I want to do a recording? Yeah, too right. Yes, please. And they and they said and I said they said playing Zoe and I said, oh my God, I'm, you know, 50 years older now. I, my voice is deeper than it was then. They said, oh, it's all right. That doesn't matter. It's sort of fine. Um, and so I started love doing love doing Big Finish, and. Uh, the stories are great, and do you do you hear any big finished stories? Because have you heard Fraser doing Patrick? Oh yes, amazing. Because I said he's going to play the doc, you know, he's going to play Pat's doctor, and they said oh Fraser, and I thought well, that that's interesting. But honestly, he's brilliant. Mm. He's absolutely. I take my hat off to him because I stand in the booth next to him with headphones on, and um, I can see him out of the corner of my eye. 
And when he does Pat's voice, he turns into Pat physically. He suddenly becomes, he starts doing all Pat's quirky mannerisms and all the things that Pat did. And it, he said it helps him do Patrick's voice. But he is amazing. Please don't tell him I told you. Okay. Said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's absolutely brilliant. And um, we love doing, no, I, I don't think anybody will ever say that they don't like doing a big finish. And they're also varied, you know, the stories are good, the, it's such a variety of stuff. Yeah. Well, one of the ones that I really enjoy is the series that you did in the Companion Chronicles where it's about Zoe after uh, her memory loss and she started Trying to rediscover. To re- right. Would you like to continue that past, uh, the, uh, I think it was uh, Second Chances was the last yeah. one in that series? I really would, yes. Yeah. I think that would be amazing because why not? Why not remember, start remembering stuff? And doesn't somebody, don't, I'm sure it, when we left, somebody said that our memories would be wiped but we would remember or maybe I've made this up but I'm sure maybe it's wishful thinking I'm sure it was said that we would remember our first adventure with the doctor so why not remember more Mm. yeah 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 absolutely um do you have any ideas about what you'd like to see with Zoe either either in a story set after that or one set when during her time with the doctor Oh, I've never, I've never really thought about what I'd like to see. I mean, clearly, whatever it would be, she, there's no way she'll have changed mm-hmm. in, in, in her manner. So I think she'll still be the clever one um, and in charge. Uh, it would be lovely to come up against another doctor, actually. Um, yeah, it really would be lovely to come up against another go- a doctor and and be more clever than him or her. <laughs> what, what, what doctor would you pick? Well, that's an interesting one. I think I'd, I'd go for Matt Smith, but that was only because when I stopped work, I, w- I became an agent, and, and, I, and I found Matt at the National Youth Theatre and took him on as a client. So, uh, and then was, imagine my surprise when he became the doctor, because I'd retired by then. Um, so um, I'd, I would love to have done a, a little something with Matt, yeah. So, uh, can we expect more Zoe uh, in the years to come? Well, more Zoe, a big finish-wise, certainly. Um, I mean, we, I think we've done stuff that's come out whenever it comes out, and I know it's more to do next year. So, yes, there'll be, there'll, it'll be ongoing. All right, excellent. Hopefully. Or, or <laughs> as long as I can do it, I'd love to continue doing it. Sure. All right, well, thank you so much You're for being welcome. on the show today, Wendy. Very welcome. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the 42 Cast, copyright 2019. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, 
your station for all things geek.